Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor Goff. Not <laughs> Taylor Swift. It's a tale of two Taylors this week. And honestly, we've been waiting for this day. We have been counting down since the much-hyped Taylor Swift documentary was announced. Yes. So we decided... Hmm, might as well just devote a whole entire episode to this one movie, for the most part. <laughs> but yes, Taylor Swift's Miss Americana premiered at Sundance, um, which takes place in Park City, Utah, which is a short 20-minute drive from where Jordan and I live. So that was exciting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Do we want to tell the listeners what happened, or do we want to wait? Something spectacular happened, and you'll have to keep listening to find out. Yeah, hopefully that we've hooked you in by now, because <laughs> it's pretty great. So before we get to any of that, TV news. TV news. What you got? Most of my news was all announced kind of surrounding the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I feel like last week was all the TV news was like commercial based. Yeah. But one piece of TV news was that Disney Plus uh advertised or they had kind of their first promos of three of their huge uh Marvel series that are coming to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. The one that I think is like the only compelling looking one to me was WandaVision. Wow, same same same. Because I it looked cool. I don't care about these characters, really. No. But I was like, oh, this looks really interesting and unique. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is. I don't know. Like, I don't either. It looks like there's going to be several different like sitcom kind of mashups and like riffs off of old TV shows, mm-hmm. which is not anything that I expected. So yeah, I'm very intrigued by that one. I'll definitely try that one out, especially because I like both Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as actors. And the other two are Loki and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. which looked pretty standard. Yeah. But WandaVision, yeah, they definitely piqued my interest. Agreed. The Crown announced that they're officially going to end after season five, where previously it had been said it would end after season six. Just an interesting tidbit of information. Again... We don't, neither of us have fully watched The Crown. But right. But now I am, it'll give us more of a reason to finish. Yeah, like with an ending date. It yeah. is kind of a bummer because, like, now we might not get Harry Meghan yeah. drama depicted, perhaps. But I don't know what their plans are. But that's what some people that I, who do watch it that I follow on mm-hmm. social media were kind of guessing at, too. Yeah. So we'll see. This is just because I thought it was shocking. I don't watch The Masked Singer, but I just couldn't believe that the first person revealed was Lil Wayne. Yes. Like, that's a huge name. And it could just be that he was contracted for only one episode as, like, a big Super Bowl Sunday episode Mm -hmm. to get people talking about the show. But honestly, it worked because I don't care about that show at all, but I was shocked that they could get someone that's currently so famous. Yeah. So I just thought that was really, truly shocking. Truly newsworthy. I know that you're working through this, but BoJack Horseman, they have 
loaded all the rest of the season and final episodes. Yeah. I know. I did I did start the final season or the final half of the season that dropped. Mm-hmm. I didn't get very far into it yet, but I'm intrigued. I'm excited to watch the finale. Did you see the Quibi commercial in the Super Bowl ads? No, that's one that I marked to go back and watch. Well, have we talked about Quibi? Everything that's going to be on Quibi, every episode is 10 minutes or less. Okay, I had no idea. Neither did I until just earlier this week I realized it. Someone posted something about it. That's crazy and genius. And that kind of changes everything and makes me even more excited. Me too. Oh my gosh. Even Chrissy Teigen's court show? Yes. Everything. What? Punked, court show. Some people that were, um, like Liam Hemsworth, he must have something with Quibi. He shared about it. And so did Reese Witherspoon. And I can't, there's been so much Quibi news that it's hard to keep track. Mm-hmm. But those were two people I noticed sharing the Super Bowl commercial. Oh, also Joe Jonas has a show. I know that. They have a lot of hot people. Yeah, they do. I just, um, yeah, that makes me much more intrigued. I already was really intrigued. Also, is it like, is it supposedly like web, web series? I think it's all just an app, but I, I'm, I'm assuming you can use it on the web, but they like promote phone watching. That's like why it's oh. 10 minutes. That'll be so interesting to see how successful it is. Yeah, it says movie quality shows designed for your phone. New episodes every day, each 10 minutes or less. Dang. Watch on the go and offline anytime. I'm also curious how much it'll cost. Me too. I've been trying to figure it out. Apparently it's now available for pre-order, whatever that means. What? Like they're going to run out? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, we will keep you up to date with any new Quibi news we hear. This is actually just going to turn into a Quibi fans podcast. Yeah. Girl girl meets Quibi. (laughs) So crazy. Quibi meets girl. Yeah. Well, that's all the news I had. That's all the news I have. Okay. For our top three, we figured this would be our one and only time for us (laughs) to be able to do this. I think we've talked about our love for Taylor Swift before. We have um, because we talked about the Reputation Stadium ex- tour. Yes, exactly. And this top three, this is something we do for fun constantly. Yeah. We went to her Reputation Stadium tour, and before we went, we made everyone who was going do a lot of homework, <laughs> and everyone had to come up with their top ten Taylor Swift songs in order. And um, we took it very serious. And that is no easy task. It's really not. There's a lot of tracks on a lot of albums. Yeah, and some hit later in in life and some get a little old even though you loved them forever and mm-hmm. and there's like there is there's guilt involved. Yeah, and there, then like cutting new ones old come faves. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's really hard. So we thought we would share our top 3. But there's a caveat. Mhm. Um there is a universal Number one song in the Taylor Swift fandom. Mm-hmm. And even outside of it. Even outside of it. Some people are like, I don't really like Taylor Swift, but I do love All Too Well. Yes. It's it's just a, universal, a universally accepted fact. All Too Well is her best song, objectively. Yes. 
And if you, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. If you've never taken a drive and blasted that song and screamed and cried, then might I recommend that might just be the medicine you need to get through Jan- February. <laughs> See, it's already been such a long January. I thought it still was January. Oh, man. This winter, shall I say. And, you know, it hits really hard in the winter. It hits in the summer. It hits it's just whatever you're going seven. through, somehow the words ring true to whatever emotion you're feeling. Yes. It doesn't, it defies science, mm-hmm. but it's, it's everything. So with that being said, these are basically, what are our top three after All Too Well? Yes. So what is technically your number four, but number three in this top three? It is King of My Heart from Reputation. It's such a banger. I love it. It makes me extremely happy. Um, This is another one that I think is a universal banger, too, because we have friends who don't like Taylor Swift who do like this song. Yes. It's extremely fun. It's very different from a lot of her other songs, Mm -hmm. like the sound of it. Mm -hmm. It's very, very pop. Um... I love it. It just makes me think of like bright colors and it's it's just great. I love it in every season. Um also the beginning of the song talks about being like completely okay with being single. Yeah. And like I'm better off being alone yeah. and stuff. Which and I basically really she to. just like happens to meet someone who changes that, but like she wasn't seeking it out. And we relate to that. It's how I want love for myself. Yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of a surprise when on Reputation when that album came out. It also is very different from a lot of other songs on Reputation. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. It's one I, I never get sick of it. It always, even if I'm not in a great mood, I want to listen to that song and it makes me like slightly happier. Yeah. And when I am really happy, I really love to listen to it. So yeah, I, I just, I love it. And it's a, kind of a newer one. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's that high up on my list. I like it. Thank you. I can't wait to hear yours. My number three is also a reputation song. Um, it's Call It What You Want. I will probably talk about this again, <laughs> but um, later on in our discussion, because there is a truly heart-stopping Call It What You Want moment in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song is just like, Every single time I listen to it, it feels brand new to me, and I get the feelings all over again. Um, the first time she released this song as a single before, it was like the last single, I think, before yeah, I the think whole it, album was released. It was like the fourth one, so uh-huh. we had to wait for this one. Mm-hmm. And her other singles had made me a little bit worried, as per usual, um, with Taylor and her single droppings. <laughs> she- <laughs> her, little, her little poops. <laughs> Um, but when this she's song, a trickster. Yeah, she is. When this song dropped, I was listening to it over at my friend's house, and her husband happened to be filming us, and <laughs> me and her literally dropped dead to the floor. We were crying. We were screaming. I was all about it, and I still am. So, call it what you want. Off the Reputation album. All right, number two. Hey, my number two controversial to myself just because of how new it is but i'm going with cruel summer 
great choice. Yeah, this one's off her last album, Lover. Um, also pretty widely beloved, I think, because again, like certified banger. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's one that you have to yell along with in a different way than All Too Well. Yes. But it is also very different from King of My Heart because it's like a sadder banger. Mm-hmm. It's about a bad relationship. And the it when I was listening to Lover when it first dropped, this one had me like, like my jaw dropped at various times of the song. Like when you first hear... There's the, like four or five different places where it really hits. And you're really? like, really? What? Where I was just She's like, doing this? this is pop. Like, this is the pinnacle of pop. Mm-hmm. Also, something to note that I didn't say with King of My Heart. King of My Heart is a collab with Max Martin, who's like a pop genius. Mm-hmm. This one she did with Jack Antonoff and St. Vincent. Two geniuses, geniuses. Like, truly, like, modern Mozarts mm-hmm. for modern music. And I'll stand by that claim. <laughs> but it's just like three musical geniuses got together and just created something that blows my mind at how good it is. Another one that I don't think I'll ever not get goosebumps when I listen to it just because like it's the perfect chords. It's so emotional and also fun. Yeah. But yeah, I'm obsessed and I think I'll always be obsessed with that song. I agree. All right. My number two is Treacherous off of the Red album. So beautiful. It's just, it's beautiful, it's sad, it's emotional. It's, like, sexy. Yeah, it is a little sexy. And, um, yeah, it starts out saying, put your lips close to mine as long as they don't touch. Like, (laughs) literally just, like, sexual tension galore. It's so good. The part, um, the line... Nothing safe is worth the drive. Mm. The ruin your life kind yeah, of line. Exactly. So good. Um So yeah. That, I, I don't have that much else to say about it other than it's one of my go tos. Literally. Number two. <laughs> okay, my number one is also from Red. This one is kind of a nostalgic choice too, but it's one where the lyrics were really moving to me. When it first came out and I just graduated, well, that earlier that year I'd graduated from college and I was kind of in a like, what in the world am I going to do with my life? And I don't know what I want to, like, I was just like, I don't even know what goals to set. It was just kind of a lost time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's State of Grace. And it's one where I still, even though I don't feel necessarily as fully lost as back in the day when Red came out. But I just, like, it makes me think about those times, and I still have so many questions about my life in general, Mm -hmm. and this just makes me feel very reflective, and it makes me feel like I'm, like, on a road trip or something. Like, it's just very atmospheric to me. Yeah. And it's, it is, like, it's about, it's also about love, but to me, it makes me think about so many other things. Like I'm saying, like in life, and that's when I—that's one of the reasons why we love Taylor Swift so much—is that her songs are about, and they mention specific things from incidences in her own life, but they make me think of things from my own life that no one knows. Mm-hmm. Well, and she talks about that in the documentary, and she 
is fully aware that like that is why she is who she is these like and that's why she's famous that's why she's gotten that's what makes her her because no one else can really do that as as she as well as she can yeah i don't think so i don't think people can write songs that are as radio friendly as she can Mm -hmm. while still being that level lyrically yeah so that's my number one um and it's also a banger in its own way. Kind of has a classic totally. rock feel. Yeah. I just love it. It makes me really happy. All right. My number one is off of 1989. Technically, my number one would be The Wildest Dreams Enchanted um, mashup that she has only ever performed on tour. It's and live. crazy good. There is no digital, like, version of this anywhere. So, it's unfortunate. YouTube it if you've never seen it performed. It is amazing. But and you would never think that those songs would be so perfect together, but they are. They really are. Wow. Um, so, Wildest Dreams, though, is my number one. The music video is... Very beautiful. I think mm-hmm. that, um, I think a lot of Taylor Swift's music videos are weird and, um, a little out there, especially for, like, if anyone's trying to, like, convert someone into being a Taylor Swift fan, there's quite a few videos I probably would be like, don't watch that, please don't watch that, don't watch that. You need to love her <laughs> to know that. Yeah. <laughs> um... But Wildest Streams is just extremely fun, and I really liked her that music video. And the song is just like, I never can skip it. Uh, I just love it. I don't have that much else to say about it either, but... It's so good. It's also a unique one. Yeah. It's a banger, but it also like still like hits a lot of emotional strings, I would say. Totally. I'm just reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it's also another, like, very atmospheric one. And, like, it's also, like, it's a banger, but it's also can be, like, soothing. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow, that was fun. Maybe we should just create a Taylor Swift podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. On to the actual documentary. Miss Americana. Yes. Which is now streaming on Netflix for all of us to enjoy every night if we want to. As a little lullaby before we go to sleep. And since it came out on Friday, um, I've already watched it twice. <laughs> so I had a friend watch it three times in the, the first day that it was <laughs> dropped. Um, she kindly watched it a third time Um at the same time as me, even though we lived in different states, and it was very nice of her. And you know what? That's the kind of thing that Taylor Swift herself would love to hear. Yeah, I think so, too. Anyway, so I watched it with a friend, and I texted her, and I use, I'm use i using my text to her as my notes. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Your own live tweet. I When I was watching this, I attempted to watch it without any sort of bias, and like I was trying to like cover my love for her and try to, like, Watch it through, like, the eyes of someone who feels indifferent about her. Mm-hmm. Because I had read a couple articles about how, of reviews of the movie, saying that they felt like it wasn't in-depth enough, or, like, they still felt like she was being, like, 
quote-unquote calculated. But it was really hard for me, and I don't think I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it is hard. I feel like you feel everyone has really strong opinions of her, and sometimes being staunchly indifferent towards her is mm-hmm. still a strong opinion. Like, it's just, to me, it's such a phenomenon how divisive she even is yeah like from her the beginning of her career like it's not even that's definitely not a new thing no it's just like and it doesn't make sense to me not really like i get not liking someone yeah but i feel like it's it's almost it's very rare to find someone who's middle of the road on her yeah it's true um because if you think about it there aren't a lot of people who are staunchly so against someone like they would be of taylor swift no i'm trying to think of people that i does even anyone if I... hate ariana grande like so strongly no does i mean anyone even hate beyonce extremely strongly no it's so it just i don't get it and it's been like that for years and years and years mm-hmm. like it's not even right after the kanye phone call like it was long before that mm-hmm And it's just, like, it's genuinely confusing to me. I don't know. Because there are artists that I don't like. Yeah. I I was trying to think of that, too. For me, I would say the biggest artist that I don't like is Megan Trainor. And um, so I kept thinking about it as if I were watching a documentary about Megan Trainor. I I legitimately (laughs) was doing this. That's smart. Well, I'm trying to think because I'm not a Megan Trainor fan either. I didn't like how she was like, you should be okay with your body because boys like it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't literally like the sound of her music. So those are like yeah. my two facets of my dislike of her. Mm-hmm. But I don't like seek out reasons to no. hate her. Like, like I, I just like, I just, just like don't pay attention to her, you know? Yeah. And like if someone told me that they liked Megan Trainer, I would be like, great. I eat my mom. Like she's like, why do you hate Megan Trainer? And I'm like, <laughs> I just, like, don't really like her music and don't really care about her. But I would never um, fight someone on it mm-hmm. and try to convince someone as to why she sucks or why I know but I don't like, like her. I, did I just do that when I was saying why I don't like her, do you think? Or no? I don't know. I mean, only because we're talking about it. I don't yeah. think you would, like... Like, walk up to someone and be like, here's why I hate her. I guess I've, I'm have i really trying to approach it as a, like, am I hypocritical? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit. Di- I don't know. I came to the conclusion that I was not. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I really don't want to be. I feel like if it's something where I'm like, oh, I guess I do do that, then I, I would need to chill out about that mm-hmm. or whatever because i don't want to take something from other people if they like it yeah it just means that i don't want to listen to her so i just don't yeah but i think that just like worldwide for some reason taylor swift has just been like kind of the like punching bag of like pop music i don't i don't know mm-hmm. it's just kind of a phenomenon to me yeah i agree um and I was trying to watch, when I was watching it, I was trying to decide, like, if someone is already, does not like her, would this make, would this documentary sway them to feel at least indifferent about her? And from talking to some of our friends who <laughs> feel indifferent about her slash lean towards definitely not liking her, 
I can say no. This documentary will not change your opinion. That is the conclusion I came to as well. But I was kind of like, oh, well. Yeah. Like, I don't think this was made in a way to be like, see, there's this whole other Taylor Swift that all you haters didn't know about. Yeah. Because I also don't think, I think one of the biggest complaints about her is, to use the word that you said and, like, reviewers have been using a lot, calculated. Mm -hmm. A, because I'm a fan, I don't really think it is. But also, every celebrity and artist is marketing themselves like they have to stick to an image. Mm -hmm. And if this is the image that she is wanting to per, like put out there i like that image yeah because to me it rings true and it lines up with how i feel about her music mm-hmm. and um i don't think you could point to someone who's not calculated sure even though i don't like i don't necessarily think that's a fair word to describe anyone mm-hmm. but you know what i mean like well, i don't strategy is the kind of how she talks she talks about it in the documentary yeah and like being an artist, you have to have strategy as far as how you're going to portray yourself to the world. Totally. Well, and I think you could even compare it to someone, an artist like Billie Eilish, mm-hmm. who her strategy is to appear kind of like the anti-sexy pop star. Mm-hmm. And that's still a strategy. Yeah. Like, artists write songs, their vulnerabilities show there, but it's still like they're writing songs with other people. Like, there's just no way to be... 100% completely open book vulnerable. And so I don't know why she... I just don't personally think that that's a fair criticism. Correct. Because no one is. No. And I actually feel like she is pretty open and vulnerable and um, shows a lot of sides to her for the most part other than like her love life now. Um, so another question I wanted to ask you was... What do you feel like the purpose of this documentary was? Whether it's for you or the general population, I guess. That's a really good question. I was trying to kind of come up with like, what is like the thesis statement of this documentary? Mm -hmm. But I think it is kind of like how fame has affected her, how her relationship with fame and image and how that's evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. Which I do think is really interesting. Yeah. And which events have been, like, catalysts in that evolution. Mm -hmm. It's kind of is, like, kind of small scale, big for this one person. But it's not something... There were aspects of it that I personally did relate to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there a lot of those stuff, it wasn't necessarily relatable for me. Yeah. Outside of being a fan of hers. So I don't know if that answers your question. It's kind of like... I think that answers my question... As to um, kind of why maybe people who are not already fans of her wouldn't really find this documentary to be life-changing or, like, change their minds, I guess, Mm -hmm. is because it is heavily focused on just, like, her and her personal life and doesn't do a whole lot to show, like, the bigger picture. I mean, it is a very interesting take on the media to me. And, like, one of the things I took from it was going through things that I believe in in my life and thinking, where did that belief come from? And, like, is it stemmed from something that came from the media? Is it stemmed from something that came from my parents? And, like, where does that belief, like, where is that belief rooted? And is it something I still believe in 
after all of the experiences I've had type of thing. Yeah. No, I think that's a really intelligent way that it does apply to yeah. the viewer. Yeah. Because there are moments for reflection in this. Mm-hmm. But it is hard to, and she acknowledges, like, I don't think, I don't think it was trying to be like, see, she's just like us. Because that's not what they're portraying. They show her having these giant concerts and all this stuff. And I don't know, it it is kind of hard for me to explain, but I don't think the point was, like, trying to make her the girl next door. Yeah, I agree. But I do think it was, like, trying to show us where she fits into the culture right now Mm -hmm. and her experience with kind of like the fame machine Mm -hmm. and how that has changed it for her. Yeah. And I just, I also, as a fan, I think it was just like a confirmation to me of who she really is kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And she like is the person that I've made her up to be in my head. And like, um, because we did see parts of her that she's never shown or shared. Um, we talked about this earlier, but, like, you see her, like, crying and being extremely emotional about things that, yeah, you've just never seen before. Totally. So. Anyway. There's also a lot of really, really, really great music moments. Um, things that I'm excited about. Uh, for example, there is this performance of Out of the Woods, um, that she performed on in award show, and, um, it's also never really posted anywhere. It's very hard to find even on YouTube, and so I'm excited to have a little snippet of that in the movie so that I can watch it. hmm It's like they put that in for you. Yeah. I would say the most emotional parts for me were, um, seeing her relationship with her mom was... Mm-hmm extremely interesting and touching um there's also a part where it shows her having a meeting with like her execs and she's like sitting at the head of a conference table and to that shouldn't be a big deal but it is because it's rare that you see a female in at the head of an executive board meeting mm-hmm. and she was just like dressed like a normal young woman totally and so it wasn't even like she was trying to appear like she wasn't wearing a suit or anything no she was just being herself and seeing that was really Mm -hmm. cool um she also talks about her sexual assault trial and um she's definitely not um she's she's not like unique in that situation where she is fully aware that like uh there are thousands and millions of other people who have gone through similar things or, and like she talks, just the way that she talks about it though, I think um, was really beautiful and um, really represented the problem in our justice system mm-hmm. as far as sexual assault trials go. Totally. Well, and that is an interesting thing. I like kind of the landmarks that they use where that she brings up that she's like this made me into the person I am today and I'm different now after that mm-hmm. because it wasn't only about Kanye. No. Obviously there are two huge incidences we all know about featuring Kanye. Um but there's so much more than that. And in this in the the runtime of the whole documentary those don't get as much airtime as you might think. 
which I liked because we've heard all about it. Yeah. Like, she's not going to deny that that affected her. And I liked that. I thought she was pretty yeah, vulnerable about that. Yeah, she didn't, like, run, that. A- run away from it. I think a lot of people probably would have thought she wouldn't have even acknowledged it. Totally. But, yeah, like, that's there in the timeline. But there are a lot of other huge things that happened, too. And I think that the trial actually, people don't really remember that it even happened. Mm-hmm. But it actually was a huge deal, so I liked that a lot, her perspective on that. The last thing we need to talk about, as far as this movie goes, is it premiered at Sundance, and Taylor Swift came to the premiere. And we couldn't not drive the 20 minutes up to Park City and attempt to see her. And we waited in a cold, cold, <laughs> on a cold, cold winter night. And um, some of the Sundance workers, there were, how many fans would you say were there? Like a hundred? There weren't as many as you might think. No, there it weren't was that many. probably under 250. Yeah. And um, so we were just like waiting on the side for her to show up. And some of the volunteers were even like, you're not going to see her. I don't know why you guys are all waiting here. Blah, blah, blah. Because we're fans of Taylor Swift, we know that she always puts her fans first, honestly. And, uh, of course, she pulls up, walks straight to the fans. She spent probably like 10 or 15 minutes taking pictures with mm-hmm. everyone. Like grabbing people's phones to take the selfie herself. Yeah. Smiling and, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, and the selfies, we we were not close enough to actually get selfies with her. No. But all the pictures that sh- that people have been posting, it looks as though it's, like, two genuine friends. Yeah. Like, she is so good at making fans feel like they're not a burden. Mm-hmm. You know? Because she, like, she literally got out of the car, didn't even look at the entryway of the theater. She just walked straight over to the, like, mass of these fans that Mm -hmm. were freezing just wanting to get a glimpse we just wanted to see her walking into the theater yeah we didn't know for sure she was gonna come over to the group no i mean we figured that she probably would if she knew that she had people there waiting for her but we didn't know for sure Mm -mm. and i mean we we were probably we were like six feet away from her yeah well at some point i probably could have even touched her if i wanted to (laughs) right i was like laying on top of people (laughs) to get Gotta get the shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you did. And I did. Picked up by the press. Yeah. So we saw her IRL, and it was very special. It and was It was so worth the wait. Yeah. It was amazing. She was just as beautiful and cool and tall as <laughs> I had made her, imagined her. Just a dream. So yeah, Miss Americana on Netflix Choose your own adventure. If you mm-hmm. like her or feel indifferent about her, give it a give it a go. I actually would like to hear what you think about it. Yeah, even if you don't like her, I am. I like having. I've had a couple discussions with people on like how they viewed it, and um, it's provided some thoughtful discussions, and I like it. Okay, who's your crush of the week? Okay, so my crush is someone who was. Featured in Miss Americana, not enough to my liking, but um, it's Jack Antonoff. Uh, Taylor and I both have a long obsession with him and his Correct. family. We want to marry him. 
He can choose which one of us. And I would be okay if he married you because I would be like, cool, where are we hanging out? (laughs) Which room am I moving into because I want to be your adopted daughter? (laughs) That's extremely selfless of you. Thank you. I really would. I would be happy for you. Thank you. But I would genuinely be happy for you, but also I would be really happy if he married me. So. Yeah, and I feel the same way about you. Wow, thank you. Um, Yeah, we get to see some fun clips of him and Taylor working together and getting really excited when they nail a lyric they've been stuck on. And He has his shirt rolled up so you can see his nice arms that we love. He looks really hot in the whole movie. I will, He's just so hot. Um, And he says in the in the documentary, he's like, no one works as hard as Taylor does or is as talented. And he says that most of the people that are as talented as her don't put in the work she does. Correct. Like, because they don't have to because they're so naturally talented. Mm-hmm. He's like, so she has it all. And he's worked with, like, throw, like, a dart on the wall at a list of people in the music biz. And he's worked with them. Mm-hmm. He is, like, running the show kind of right now. Mm-hmm. And for him to say that, like, and he also doesn't BS anyone. No. Like, he doesn't He doesn't really have anything to prove by now, either. Mm-hmm. So, I really liked that statement he gave, and he was just the Jack that we know and love, love and lust after. Correct. He's my crush this week. All right. Um, my crush stems from a Sundance movie that we both saw. Um... It's called Save Yourselves, and it's starring John Reynolds, our very own love of my life. <laughs> our very own our love, love of, of our my lives. Life. <laughs> um, John Reynolds. You may know him from Search Party. Correct. Or Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm-hmm. He's just going to make it big. He's up and coming. Totally. Everyone in the theater was just laughing their heads off at everything he said or did. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, it felt a little bit kind of like... There's a little bit of hurt in our hearts because we realize that we are going to be sharing him with the world, but it's mm-hmm. okay. We're we're just happy for him. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised it hadn't happened after Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah, it's so true. So hopefully... And he was in two Sundance movies. Yeah. He was in Horse Girl, too, mm-hmm. which is also going to be on Netflix, and so he's he's going to make it. And he's so cute. We're proud of him. Just a brief little anecdote, because I think we've talked about his mysterious age on this podcast before. In Save Yourselves, he plays a 34-year-old. And he's really actually, what, 27? Yeah, I think he's 27, maybe 28. Yeah. But he looks like he could be 40. (laughs) Or 30, or I mean, like, 22. Mm -hmm. He's just such a, we love our little enigma. Yeah, we really do. I was trying to figure out, uh, think of a Taylor Swift song to use to close out. I'm drawn... Mm -hmm. No idea. I'm drawing a blank space baby and <laughs> That was a good one. I'll say goodbye now. <laughs> say it say it with style. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.